On today's podcast, we talk about break, how to, and how to not. It's the Sooner Catholic Podcast with your hosts, Alex Sanchez. And I'm Trevor Barreca, and we're bringing you a great podcast. Stay tuned for the episode. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Sooner Catholic Podcast. As always, it is a blessing to be here with my man, my brother, Trevor Barreca. Trevor, how you doing today? I'm feeling swell. Uh, <laughs> stop! <laughs> you gotta at least take me seriously. Uh no one ever took me seriously. In fact, it started when I was a kid. Oh uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, I'm doing well. Um, it's been kind of a crazy day around here, and we're, we're feeling different with all the just, um, yeah, the wrap up. It's the, you know the end of the semester, and that's actually a lot of what we talked about today. But it just just felt like a wild week. Uh, but super, super thankful because I think that it's just been a blessing. Like as we're kind of closing up things here, to realize what a gift this semester has been, mm-hmm. and all those different things. But yeah, I am feeling. Good, like I should. Uh, Alex, that is Alex. Is a direct quote from last week. No, no, no. Did I, did I do it last week? It was a week. Is that or the week before? Honestly, who knows what weeks we did it at this point? <laughs> How inconsistent it's been. But um, we're getting back on the train, baby. So. Um, oh my gosh, it's too good. Okay, so here's the deal. Today we're we're talking about we're talking about break, right? What what do the next two months look like? Next week is Thanksgiving. Um, and, and then after that, some students are coming back to the campus, others are not. After that, most are going back home at least for a month and a half is kind of the time frame to be with their families, to be back in their childhood rooms or whatever it is. And yeah, I just want to, I want to have just a, a sincere conversation with Trevor where we look into our own, our own past and look at our, our experiences of break. And, and we're just real with you guys of what has gone well, what hasn't and the way, the mentality that we're having going into this break right now, just the two of us and take from it what you will. So, so Trevor, what, what comes up for you with personally, like how breaks have gone in the past for you, summer or winter? Yeah. <clears throat> I, I think that like, breaks are i've heard it said that like break is one of the greatest opportunities you have in college to utilize a spare amount of time that you will not get back right so even like for alex and i now our break time looks a lot different than like we would have when we were in college right um there's just a great deal of freedom that comes in terms of just on a, on a time level on a, on a chronic level i guess is that the right way to put it just in, in the level of like the time that you're given it's it's time that you're given that you what a obviously with all time won't get back but b you have it in a specific way during college and so yeah whenever someone told me to that that to me my freshman year i think that changed a lot of my perspective on break now unfortunately the story does not go that i used all my breaks well after that because i certainly didn't but i think that like yeah, I see break as being this moment of like, okay, you, you've been growing throughout the semester, hopefully. And, you know, obviously in this community here, it's been exciting to watch everyone be, grow, be like growing together, specifically this semester. Uh, but I think it's a moment to like, almost like remove a lot of the, the natural supports that we have and, and leave us isolated um, or leave us like, if not isolated, at least like almost like bare, like open um, and exposed to like the potential of falling. But also in a way that like may help us recognize like the goods that we were pursuing like before, if that makes sense. Um, so how have I done with break in the past? Well, I've had some good ones and some bad ones. <laughs> I think a lot of breaks, uh, I'll go home and I will have a great plan for about the first three days in which I plan to pray uh, 
waking up at a normal hour and I plan to not play unreal amounts of Call of Duty and I plan to uh, you know read and, mm-hmm. and do these things and 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 it's after about three or so days is normally when it starts to fall off a lot um, and so yeah I think what I just generally found in my breaks throughout college is that I, I would often like leave excited for like time to reflect but it would turn it would just turn into time to binge right mm-hmm. so I, so I had this like uh, paradoxical um, rest right where it was a parody of real rest instead of consuming rest of like spending more time in prayer or, or, or cultivating better conversations with my family or time you know those sorts of things instead it just turned into like excess media consumption so like binging and which is is you know our culture's kind of uh, sort of replacement for rest and what it let wanted me like leaving me feeling was just more i guess like stressed not stressed about like so much i had to do or these things but just like feeling like unsatisfied and feeling like constantly like i was my life was like just not worth anything you know mm. um so i think that was my most common experience in break but the well, I'll get to it maybe later. But I'd say I had one break that did not fit that mold, specifically the winter break of my senior year in which it was used, I think, particularly well um, because I recognized that it was, like, coming to an end, this period of my life in which I was going to have breaks, which newsflash it will for all of every single person who's listening to this podcast, it will come to an end. I don't know, Alex, did you have, like, spurting breaks that you felt like went really well throughout your life or mm-hmm. ones that, like, didn't? Um yeah, I think we were talking about it earlier, and you said that it's been more L's and W's. But oh well, yeah, what's some of your experiences? I, yeah, I think that in terms of like how to live a good break, we're probably like two of the most unqualified people to 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 talk about that. <laughs> but I think we can we can tell you like all the ways that um like all the pitfalls. You know what I'm saying? And then and then this this winter break, I think we're really gonna get our act together, and that's what I'm hoping for. So here's here's kind of the thing that I think might have happened during most a lot of my breaks and then and then even this summer is like this binge mentality that you're saying and and i'm no stranger to binging i'm super good at it it's one of my strengths unfortunately (laughs) Uh, and i think i think what happens and i've just been thinking about this the last few days and i just was able to what is that little okay um (laughs) is there a cricket in here um so i think i've been thinking about this this concept and i think that this concept can can help me and will help me and i hope that it helps me this winter break i hope maybe that helps you too is that is that in every situation there are there are i would say i would say maybe maybe three realities is that thomas aquinas no it's alex sanchez okay so three three (laughs) three realities okay maybe maybe there's four maybe there's five i don't know maybe there's one but i'd say there's three levels of of maybe processing or understanding reality right so the first would be like the like at a reaction level so like if something happens whatever is your reaction um would be like the first reality so so you go home and and your parents are like hey we're gonna do board game night tonight and you're like okay i I guess i'm gonna do that that'd be like the first level of reality is your reaction of of needing to do that the second might be like the the feelings that you're feeling the thoughts you're experiencing of like i don't want to do this we always do this there's a lot better ways i could be spending my time it's not that fun but I'll do it. I guess I'll do it for my family. I'll, I'll, I'll suck it up. Kind of like the cognitive process you have behind the reality and processing it. And then I think that like the highest level would be like the, what's the spiritual reality there is like, okay, this this would be uh, an opportunity for me to like to be united to my family, to love them, to do something that's good for them, to recognize that what brings them joy and to make that sacrifice. 
And then in the future, I'm going to set a boundary that allows myself to flourish, which would be maybe not board game night every single night and vocalize that to my parents that I can also flourish. Um, So something like that, right? Like where there'd be kind of three ways, like three levels of processing a reality, right? So so right before this podcast too, it was really cool. I just bawled my eyes out. Sorry for another time. And and me and Trevor were together and he just watched me cry and that was great and it was healing. Um, So here's the thing. I, I was in a situation where I was feeling really frustrated by the circumstance. Like my reaction was like just anger, right? Uh, my reaction was anger with the way I was being treated. Th- and that was the first level of reality. Okay. The second one for me was processing like it shouldn't be like this. Um, I, I had good experiences in the past with people treating me well in good friendships and good relationships. And, and I know what it's like to, to live that well. And I expect more from this person and I deserve more from this person um, and on and on and on kind of, and, and it was still kind of like that cognitive level. And so I was still falling into anger because it was still that cognitive level and of understanding my reality. The third level, which is, again, that spiritual one, I pulled out I pulled out the morning offering. If you were at Holy Grounds the other night, you, you heard me pray this. I prayed it. I bawled my eyes out in front of Trevor because it was it was the, like these prayers of today. Lord, help me return all acts of unlove for perfect love. Help me be to help me be conformed to your son, Jesus. I seek these fruits of, of your spirit. Um help me not to lose heart help me not to have angry outbursts all the things that i had just done and, and lost like i prayed for so i broke down crying because th- this is this third spiritual like the, the third level of of processing this reality is the spiritual which encompasses everything else so it's it's changed my cognitive mindset it's changed my emotion and it's going to change the way that i relate back to this person later so what, what i think happens all that to say what i think happens is that we live in the first two when we go home often and it, which is like I'm just reacting to what's being put in front of me to what my parents are doing and or to the TV being on or maybe I'm thinking through it like, oh, it's you know, been a hard day. I'll just unwind or, you know, it's not too bad to take time off to do this. But I think we so quickly fall off off that third reality, which is which is the spiritual one, which is like, what is really happening here? Who am I? God, who are you? And and how can you really help me understand what's going on? So my game plan for this winter break, baby, is to be based in this morning offering um, and for and and to be consistently looking at my reality with that third level. Yeah, no, that, that, that's huge. Um, and and yeah, I think like as you were saying all those things, I think this is like why y- you emphasized this yesterday in your talk on holy grounds. But I think this is so true. Like, if you don't start your day with prayer, like you're messing up. Uh, like just just flat out. And this is not like. Again, you know, we live in a time in which it's so easy to be like, oh, well, you know, like there are exceptions and, and all this stuff. And sure, like, is there exceptions? Absolutely. But like normatively in almost any circumstance that you have five minutes to make a morning offering to like think about your day in prayer, hopefully maybe more than that at some point, even if it's not in the immediate morning to just like spend like a, a silent time of meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, but like. The reason why that's so important and when what's connected to what you're saying at this third level is like, yeah, I mean, this is the way the, that the the devil works is like he wants us to not he wants us to be constantly be preoccupied with what's happening. So right at the cognitive level, how I feel about it, the emotional level, but then never like bringing it to God to allow him mm-hmm. to like step in to heal or to or to mm-hmm. uh, give strength in those moments. Right. And so we become preoccupied with all these things that are going on. We just feel averse to the idea of prayer because we're stressed, we're anxious, we're angry, all these things. Right. And, th- and then we don't actually give time to the one who has the ability to solve it. And so it, it becomes like the cyclical thing, right? It keeps happening over yes. and over and over because until we create a time of silence habitually, we will, we will fall out of silence 
and we will not turn to this third level of going deep. And so it's almost like this is why, you know, it's so important to create and to be disciplined to prayer even when we don't feel like we need it, quote unquote, or, or, or you know, maybe we just feel like we're not connected to God or like the prayer hasn't been particularly satisfying lately is because like whenever we create a sacred space in, in our life and a sacred space in our schedule for continued connection on a daily basis, it creates a space unto which God can speak into our hearts and allow those things that are happening to be sanctified unto our greater coming to know him more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like when we don't allow that to happen, it, it just it just turns into, the, again, this, this endless and, and dis- destructive cycle in our lives of, of not like turning to him as Savior. Right. Um, so, yeah, I agree 100%. Where it gives it gives everything it gives everything meaning and purpose right? yes. everything that you're experiencing meaning and purpose yes and that's the whole point right so like it, this is I think we often think is like well I could be growing my spiritual life but I'm at home and so well you know I, I heard this and I'm not, okay I'm gonna preface this with saying I, I'm not gonna say this is some doctrinal statement or anything like that but it, again the take of, of an unwise man but so here <laughs> you have it but uh I heard this podcast once and, and the guy was talking about like family and how family is sort of like a breeding ground for love Mm -hmm. he called it the school of love and what he meant by that is he said like he said uh there are two places that uh most uh intentionally or maybe most purposely or most really like i I find myself um vulnerable he's like one is in silence and prayer with the lord in which i have like this nothing that like oh how's the weather lord or like you know nothing like like it's just (laughs) this place of like i'm bare and i'm before him and the second he said was was in like really like deep community. So someone who knows you, who is like mm-hmm. growing up with you, the same thing. And he talks about how family obviously being the most privileged of those types of communities. Um, and, and he talked about like when he was, there was a pastor, he's talking about loving his family and um, of, a, of a Protestant church. And he was talking about loving his family. And he was saying like the place that I most like am challenged to love is not like the people that I'm ministering to often. Yeah. It's not like, you know, these are that place. He's like, it's going home to my wife and kids and like having to like, have them embrace the most real version of myself so that I can love more wholly in a, in a truly like real way so that whenever I am like proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ to other people, it's, it's not grounded in some fake version of me, but it's grounded actually in who I am, like how I desire to love. Um, and that's, that was particularly challenging for me because obviously being like the rest of broken humanity, I struggle sometimes to like love uh, my wife Mackenzie and I struggle to love, you know, my family back home. Um, and it's like often those places that I feel most challenged in that. And it's like, well, that's good. Like, let it be a time that the Lord sanctifies me. If anything, there's more of an, like, not more of a need. There's always a need for prayer. But I think I most acutely feel the need for prayer more in that particular place sometimes than when I'm here and when I'm in the normal hub and flow. Yeah. So I would just challenge, and this is like a challenge, I think, to all of us of like, don't let this break just be a time of like, um, well, whenever I go back, I'll, I'll, I'll engage back in the real ministry I'll gain really back in sharing my faith or living my faith it's like man like I mean what you, what you're doing in, in the silence of your home and what you're doing in the time with family like is speaking more about what you truly value than mm-hmm. maybe like you know what what you might be doing here um, with one last caveat with that don't just get discouraged as well mm-hmm. um, right and we can maybe transition this is a little bit as a topic but I think it's so easy to get discouraged when you're at home and because it's what we just said. You, you again. If you're the typical college student who's involved in, in ministry, I think that you have this experience of great joy and community. At least it was for me in friendships in at, at college that I didn't have at home. I also didn't have a daily life of prayer at home traditionally in the past, right? So as I was growing my faith and these things became a part of my normal sort of scheme of life, I 
uh, felt like being home was was just so difficult because I didn't have those things that I that I become accustomed to as sort of the, the staples of my life. And that's a good thing. It's a testimony to how good those things are. But I think like, yeah, just be like, while this is a great challenge to love, and I think the Lord's calling us to, to rise up to it, also realize that you're probably going to fall a lot, and that's okay. Like, you you're, you might miss days of prayer. You know, you might, like, you know, blow up on your family or, like, uh, yeah. all these things. And just know that it's, like, it's the Lord, like, giving you opportunities for growth. Um, sorry, I've talked a while. Alex. <laughs> that's good. That's yeah. good. Quick quick time check. How, how are we doing until we get 20 minutes? Are we uh, at 20 minutes? Like, three more minutes. All right, three more minutes, everybody. Okay, stay tuned. Um, so... Mm. I love that. Yeah, don't don't be discouraged. And I, I think yeah, I, I I always remember when hearing Father Mike like define discouragement like um, and breaking the word down and the etymology and it, it meaning to lose heart, right? And like this this like desire of like Lord help me not to lose heart when it becomes difficult, when I feel lonely, when I feel sad, when I feel overwhelmed, when I feel stressed, when I feel insufficient, when I feel inadequate. When I feel insecure, like help me not to lose heart, right? Like help me to take heart, help me to to trust in you, help me to confide in a friend, help me to come to you in humility, like that that kind of authenticity, like those moments that yeah they they either become a, a source of discouragement or a source of encouragement, right? Where we we take heart and we take solace in the Lord and in good friendships, and they can, they can go one of two ways, right? But I I think too um, <laughs> something that's kind of mind when you're talking just maybe like one of the last things that we can end with was um, my my wife Hillary she listens to the Rosary sometimes on the on Spotify and prays with it. That's hey, kind of, what a gem. That's the kind of girl she is. You know what I'm saying? I listen to. Um, I was gonna say Dr. Dre, but that should be a lie. I do not. I do not <laughs> listen to Dr. Dre on Spotify. Uh, anyways, okay. So, um, so she listens to the Rosary, right? And it's like, you know, some like really nice. It was like the third mystery is this thing, and then. Nice <laughs> <laughs> Let me do it one more time. The third mystery is the. And then, and then the the like the lady in the background is like. Charity is realized through unity. Yeah, but it's like way better. And anyways, and so, but it's like you know, like 1970s kind of feel. So, I just I love that line. Like charity is realized through unity. And and sometimes like my tendency even 30 minutes ago is like to point my finger and say you're not unified. You're not unified. You don't you don't love. And it's like that's not that's not unity or charity. But but to realize that like when we go home and we're on break. And we're with our families, be it our spouses or our parents or our siblings. Like it, it will be chaotic and it will be difficult. And it's easy to point the finger and say like you infringe on me and my freedom and my liberty and you don't listen well and you don't, we don't have good conversations and this and this and this and this and this and this. But to realize like in my circumstance, like I have an opportunity for the charity, the little charity I have in my heart that's given to me from God to be realized through unity. Right, so I think it's just a good reminder each each day to like look at our families, look at our situations. Like what what can I do to be unified and united to the people around me? And it, we we keep talking about that in in prayer too. It's like that's the most important relationship. Like if if I think or believe or desire to love God, like how can I be united to Him? And you can't be united to someone you're not spending time with, okay? And you're not giving your heart to. So just I think on that note, it's just like continuing over the next month and a half. How can I be united? And unified to God, to my family, and to my friends during this time, like the, those important, those important areas.
Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, and I, and I think it's a just, again, it's a, it's a chance for, um, this is the prayer, like Jesus prays for his church in John chapter 17, right? He prays that, that they may be one as, as you and I are one father. Like that's, that's what he says. Um, and I think that like with unity being a hallmark or a, a sign or something we can point to as, as, as the sort of calling card of the church, like that should be who we are as Christians and especially as Catholics, like this universal church. Um, I think we have this great um, responsibility to, to try to live that to the best of our, our degree in our life. And like what you're saying of like, that's so true. It's like, it's so easy for us to point the finger like, man, like they don't love me like this person does. Or like, I, I experience joy so much with these other people. And it's like, yeah, like you can keep doing that. But the reality is like in every relationship that you know, in every, in every situation, you know, it always was someone else first that initiated. And I think as Christ is calling for our transformation as he's leading us lovingly like into becoming more into his likeness he's, he's giving us opportunity to be like again this is the, the cheesy phrase right but the thermostat and not the thermometer right. like he's giving us a chance yeah, yeah. as we receive his love as we return to him in prayer in the sacraments and like receive our identity yeah. from him we have a chance to be like the source well Christ being the source but be the vessel um, upon which unity is built and in a particular way so yeah, I think Alex is hitting it right on the head. Like, be willing to be that person and, and realize that you're going to fail in doing that at all times and just, yeah, mm-hmm. live in the tension. Live in the tension of, like, striving to do that, failing, apologizing, getting back up again, um, and taking it as an opportunity. You know, if, if you're like a lot of people who go home and you're like, dang, like, this is a tough you – know, like, I love my family so much and I'm so excited to see them, but also there's all these things. Like, like live in both. Be super glad for those things and also, like, be excited for the ways that you can grow together yeah. over this break. So good. So good. On that last note, just, yeah, find individuals who, like, who desire that, that same thing as you do to, to live in that unity and that charity at home. If you don't have someone or you haven't had that conversation with a friend, literally, that's why Trevor and I are here. You know that the, that the both of us are seeking and desiring uh, that same thing. So whether it's just shooting us a message or a text or a phone call or whatever, literally, even if it's just like, hey, listen to the podcast and I'm striving for that. And it's hard giving you prayer, whatever, like know that both of us in, in a real and humble, like Trevor said, like we're going to be falling short and failing and have to just apologize to our wives and families for being, for being jerks. Um, way too much, way too much. Um, that, that we're striving for that. And, and even just receiving a message like that would be edifying for us. So we, we are here for you. Um, thank you for listening. And, yeah, I don't know how to close. I guess that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's, that's it. it I guess Thanks that's it. To this episode of Super Catholic Podcast. Question mark? <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>